Hello, 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 and welcome to the next edition of the CPG Scoop. This is the post 4th of July edition because it's right after the 4th of July and fireworks are going off everywhere we go. And we are so happy to have our firecracker, Eugene Adamson from Coca-Cola joining us today. So welcome, Eugene. Thank you. I appreciate having you having me today. Absolutely. We love it. We love getting that fast start after the holiday. Did you? Do you guys have dogs? Did they have to go through all that rigmarole last night? Uh, I do have a dog, but she no longer has her hearing, so she's 13 years old, so she just slept through it all, which was w- wonderful for her. That actually is the only kind of dog that doesn't get bothered by by uh, the 4th of July. So yeah. anyway, I'm glad to hear that. My big dog, because my big dog's so lazy, like getting up and barking at something or being nervous would be just too much effort. So she just sleeps hard through it all. So lazy wins sometimes. So <laughs> well, we're so excited to be be here with you, Eugene. You're always just terrific to talk to. And we wanted to introduce you to our CPG Scoop audience by first filling us a little bit on yourself and your background and your career journey so they get a little bit more familiar with you. Oh, thank you. So my name is Eugene Adamson. I actually work for Coca-Cola. I've been with the company for just under five years. Um, I'm actually on our Walmart and Sam's Club business on our customer marketing uh, side. So I have the privilege of managing all of our marketing for all of our brands at Sam's and a portion of our business over on the Walmart side. So uh, prior to working for Coca-Cola, I worked for a few uh, CPG companies, um, one that's actually based out of the Netherlands. And I actually had an experience of working for Walmart for over 12 years, everything from operations, internal auditing through uh, international um, finance and then international marketing as well. So varied uh, background. You know, that seems to be a consistent theme that we hear among the real leaders is that they've spent time on all sides of the equation so they can kind of bring that view, that broad view to their work. Do you feel like you do that? You you go back to what you know about being on the retailer side and being on the CPG side and maybe a, an international CPG, like you said. Yes. So uh, prior, I actually worked in uh, a brand role for Kraft a number of years ago, and that was after I left Walmart. And I'll have to say that that experience with Walmart gave me the opportunity to see what consumers were truly looking for, how you needed to communicate to them, how you needed to reach them versus coming from a just pure brand role where uh, I'm sure brand teams are actually awesome with what they do, but sometimes it's trying to understand how you reach those members or those consumers at the right time at the right place and which tactics and avenues you should actually be utilizing. So I think that my, I know that my experience with uh, Walmart data actually has helped me, especially from an international role, coming back into the U.S. and actually working our business, uh, gave me an understanding that you just can't pick a campaign from one market and pick it up and actually oh, wow. ship it to a new market. Um, that was one of the roles that I actually did at Coca-Cola, where I was helping one of our global teams and had to actually help them adjust to understanding that um, it may have worked in your home country wonderfully, but you have to make... Uh, shifts in order for it to fit properly within the market that you're going into with the uh, campaign. That's a great insight. So that brings us to my favorite question for sure is if you were going to use one word to describe the overall CPG marketing space right now, what would your word be? Um, I would say that it's a challenging time right now. Um, and the reason uh, I mentioned it being challenging, we are all under um, 
new roles or new experiences. When we start thinking about the metaverse, we start thinking about uh, chatbots or AI, and we're, we're starting to look at things totally different. When I started in marketing back a long time ago, um, you still had circulars that were part of the retailer's um, toolkit. You had some e-com, but it wasn't necessarily the e-commerce space. It was how do you send out an email? Like that was the big thing. Like, oh my gosh, we have emails going out. Now everything's shifted. So those of us who've been in marketing for a while, we're having to rethink or relearn our tools or our traits of the tool um, because of all of the changes that we're seeing within the AI or within the digital space. We can no longer count on, we're going to reach the consumers um, through email. That, that's passe, let's be honest. Or right. just actually posting something up on a website. That's no longer going to be the way um, the future is. That's my opinion. But I think that we're all going to have to actually learn new skill sets if we still want to play within the marketing um, area for a while. Yeah, that's true. It's it's exciting, but yet there are so many new things that are coming to us. We have to absorb so much more than ever before. And like you were saying earlier too, Eugene, there's no one size fits all to anything that we do in marketing, right? Um, but there are so many different technologies to embrace, but also make sure that we're vetting out are the right technologies for each project and each organization. That's correct. And that's one of the areas. So uh, internally, they're asking, Coca-Cola has always been a company that's asked, what do you want to learn? What do you want to do? And as part of my learning for 2023, I've actually asked the company, hey, I need to understand more about the AI space. So that's one of the trainings that I'll actually be going through in the uh, next few weeks regarding what is AI? How does that future, what is it going to look like for Coca-Cola as we're actually trying to reach the Gen Z uh, community? Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And that, that feeds right into the next question as far as what are the opportunities that this does create as far as, you know, let's talk a little bit more about AI as far as thinking about AI and how to reach that young consumer. Have there been any other projects that you've seen out there in the marketing space where you, you kind of gravitate toward and want to learn more or any kind of touch points into the AI space that gets you kind of excited? So it's it's more so technology. I have a little bit of I have a lot of interest in uh, tech. Uh, I like to be one of the first users of products. So um, one of the things that we've been talking about internally is how do you use AI to um, come up with creative? How do you use AI to help come up with a new um, marketing copy for from a consumer facing standpoint? So. Um, there's a lot going on within our internal space within Coca-Cola um, that our, even our executives from the our CEO all the way through our chief marketing officer, they're learning about AI at the same time because they recognize that it's going to be important for our growth and for our ability to reach those new consumers to bring them into our drinking set. Yeah. So, so are there any... And I'm not trying to ask you to tell us anything that's that's private or confidential, but is there anything that Coke has been doing that you would like to highlight or that you think really is harnessing the opportunities that are inherent in all of this? So I would say um, we actually have a system called the freestyle system, where if you go into a restaurant, you actually have the ability as a consumer, you can use your app on your phone to connect with the uh, beverage uh, dispensing system. So within that, you can customize your beverage of choice. If you want a Coca-Cola with cherry or you want a uh, zero Coca-Cola with uh, a different flavor, you can actually use that system to mix and match. And that actually gives a company a great um, 
the access to what consumers are looking for. So the system is actually um, broadly used throughout the U.S. in a number of rest food service restaurants. And there, there's a those systems are actually linked back into a server in our one of our corporate offices. And they're using AI to determine what are consumers truly, what flavors they're actually to. And with that, that's giving our food science teams an opportunity to see what can we actually take from that data that consumers are mixing and matching on their own, where we can actually translate that over into a new uh, flavor for Coca-Cola or for Sprite, or even for our Simply Orange Juice. What can we do to actually utilize that and actually shift that into the retailer space as well, outside of food service? Okay, so I have to tell you, the other day I was in a restaurant and this kid was doing the ching, 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 ching. They must have thrown your algorithm crazy. But then when he got finished, he put pickle juice in his drink. And I said, that's the craziest thing I've ever seen. His mom was like, he loves it. And the doctor says the electrolytes are awesome. Oh, that's good. I never heard of that one. I never heard of that. But he not only did the traditional, you know, five-year-old thing of going like this, he literally put pickle juice in at the end. Anyway, sorry. That'd be a new product for Coca-Cola. Pickle Coca-Cola. I mean, I would, people love pickles. I mean, so you never know. I yes. don't know, but the do- it was doctor approved. So there's that. Okay. But that's fascinating that you're taking that data back. I never would have imagined that. Yes. Yeah, so it's only with specific systems. It's a touch uh, screen system, not the standard found drinks. Um, this oh. one actually utilizes a uh, sensor database. So there's one found head, but you get to select by either using the app on your phone because it's an app connected system as well, or you can use the touch uh, sensitive screen as well. So to your point, there are uh, individuals that I've seen that are actually hitting uh, cherry. Um, they're hitting all kind of different flavors. And I'm like, well, that's, that's unique. I never thought about that myself. So yeah, I've used the freestyle machine and it is great because you can, you can mix and match, you can customize your drink. And the fact that it's all connected to the app is first of all, very user friendly, right? Cause you can just, you know, have that personal experience, but it's great for Coca-Cola because then you are gathering that data, not only on overarching what flavors people are trying out for developing new products or looking at some limited time flavors, but also to understanding that consumer by those demographics, like you were saying, to understand the younger consumer or differently, someone who is already a loyal Coca-Cola customer or somebody who's only a f- infrequent customer. And maybe there's certain flavor profiles at certain times of the year that then you can use that intelligence to be able to, you know, be able to scale that out. So that's really smart. And the other thing with that, since it's uh, the system actually can determine where they're located within the U.S. So if it's regionally uh, more important to have a um, cherry flavor or a, uh, I don't know, any kind of different flavor with from a regional standpoint, there's an opportunity for the bottlers within that, uh, the Coca-Cola bottlers within that trade area to come up with something that makes sense as well. So it doesn't have to be a broad US-based opportunity, but if you think about the size of uh, our business in either Texas or Florida, California, so it's again, a mix and match by location, geographical location as well. Yeah. And that can also really link so nicely into all the different localization efforts you do with different teams and different sports. Um, you know, as far as the regionality of our country is very diverse, right? So that's really an opportunity for Coca-Cola to leverage in different regions by different flavors, teams, and different activity levels. 
Absolutely. And that's one of the things that we're looking forward to in the future. How do we make sure that we're customizing to the needs of the consumer? Yeah, that's so brilliant. Do you think, Eugene, it brings up any challenges in the organization about AI in general as far as, I mean, everybody's trying to find the right comfort zone, right? As far as what is comfortable, you mentioned marketing copy, which does seem like an area of, of a lot of interest, but does it bring up any challenges as far as privacy or folks, you know, certainly paying attention to those things? Absolutely. And um, keeping the trust of the consumers, Coca-Cola mm -hmm. uh, drinkers is going to be extremely important. Um, right now, there's ever increasing numbers of um, questions about um, privacy and Coca-Cola is actually uh, ensuring that even the data that's being shared through the freestyle system, it cannot go back to, you can't actually trace it back to an individual, meaning that even though you're using the app, we're not collecting data on. This is Eugene Adamson, who is X years old, who's located in this area. It may actually uh, tell the, um, our system, well, this particular app user has actually used a freestyle system within Northwest Arkansas and Texas over the last six months, but there's no personal data that can actually be inferred by it. So again, that's keeping the trust of the consumers that are actually using our systems. Makes perfect sense. It's important to have that trust. Coca-Cola is such a trusted company, such a trusted brand, and you want to keep that only growing as you move forward in these marketing initiatives. Makes perfect sense. Yes. So are there other brands out there that you see that are that are doing something interesting in this space that are um, that are harnessing the opportunities that are in this challenging space and with all I these new technologies? The first brand that comes to mind would be actual, actually Dove um, by the Unilever company that uh, actually owns that brand. When you start thinking about Dove products, Dove is a brand, and I'll, I'll, to be transparent, I used to actually work on that brand years ago, um, oh. four years ago. But that brand actually, it focuses in on um, not only providing a product, whether it's hair care products uh, or skin products or uh, shower gels or soap, but it's more so around that interpersonal beauty and actually communicating back out to consumers. Um, right now, um, a lot of consumers are under the impression that you have to look a certain way in order to be accepted by society. And Dove is actually trying to basically break away from that mold. Um, we, are, we all come in different shapes, different hair textures, colors. Um, and that's one thing that um, the Dove brand is actually focusing in on is to truly love yourself. Um, means that you accept yourself for who you are and dove is doing an excellent job in that that's one of the things i do miss um, about that brand that it's actually true um, they will not actually put out any kind of marketing uh communications that's not true to the brand so they're specific um they're not using models within their um in their ads or commercials these are true people that are actually getting behind the brand because they love it so much. Uh, I did actually have an opportunity when I worked for on that brand, we ran a campaign um, with a another retailer outside of Northwest Arkansas that um, we actually had in-store um, communications videos where the first year was all about moms and about Mother's Day and how Dove actually, what brought them together. And it was about self-esteem. Yeah. And the following year, it was such a positive campaign. The chief marketing officer for that retailer, she participated in the uh, campaign itself. Wow. And 
and talked about why Dove was important to her and her family. And that's that was an amazing thing for us because, again, she's over all of the marketing for that company. And uh, there are other brands there outside of Unilever that she has worked with, but she actually called out Dove in the same way. And we were able to, that second year, we launched the Father's Day campaign for Dove's men's as well. So we wanted to make sure that dads were actually part of the campaign because sometimes uh, he can be forgotten within the whole uh, holiday process. <laughs> Really, the focus around family sometimes. Definitely important to focus on dad too. Dad's an important part of the equation. Um, I'm just curious too, Eugene, what do you think um, the biggest change is coming forward when it comes to in our CPG industry, especially being e-commerce focused, right? You know, that we know that consumers are shopping in store at, for example, Walmart and Sam's and others, but that, you know, adding to cart and shopping uh, quickly and adding that product right into that shop ability is important. What do you think as far as the biggest change of how you think about marketing for your products at Walmart and Sands given this movement? So uh, one of the things that anytime we're actually talking to our brand teams, we're communicating out that Sands Club is no longer a 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. retailer anymore. They are now a 24-hour store, meaning that um, as a consumer, to your point, I can actually go on to the Sands Club site at 1 a.m. after I put the kids to bed and I can uh, place an order for my stock up uh, weekly grocery, grocery trip and basically have that order available at 7 a.m. or 6 a.m. the next day for pickup. For pick and the reason that that's important is because um, you're going to have to adjust in making sure that you are on the site or reaching the consumers at the right time of day. It's no longer from a day part standpoint, we can reach them between uh, 8 a.m. in the morning and 5 p.m. and actually be happy with that because that that kind of mindset is basically, uh, I'll say, is kind of um, you're going to miss the point of reaching those consumers that are shopping outside the normal windows because they are shopping differently, whether it's at Walmart or Sam's or any other retailer. Because if you think about it, grocery pickup or item pickup is um, you can find that in both grocery. You can find that over and there's a couple of other retailers that are specialty re retailers that you can order. They'll bring it out to your car and you probably place that order the night before. So, again, we're going to have to think beyond that nine to five or eight to five mindset. I love that phrasing of the 24 hour store. I think that, you know, just even stating that out loud for Sam's is a, is a big change is a big step, right. To think of themselves, the way that consumers are taking action, you know, and that that's a smart way to go. It makes me, it makes me think back to, you know, the old um, Coke uh, objective to have a Coke within arm's reach of everyone all the time. Right. It's within a digital arms reach. Every product right now, sorry, but all of them are within a digital arms reach of everyone all the time now. But I don't think I've thought of retailers that way, right? And and so that makes sense. And it's twenty four seven that I'm within arms reach of whatever I want from Sam. So Absolutely. that's very interesting. I love that. I think that's so smart. And um, do you see, you know, because you touch both Walmart and Sam's, do you see Walmart kind of thinking the same way, or is Sam's kind of jumping in a little bit bigger and bolder? Um, I would say both of the retailers are looking future forward and actually trying to understand how consumers are going to be shopping. So it's no longer, even though the Walmart Super Centers used to be open 24 hours a day, that's actually kind of adjusting because of the pandemic. But yeah. now 
looking at it from an e-commerce standpoint, they have store pickups. So again, though their consumers can order after they put the uh, kids to bed at night and mom and dad are actually getting unwinding, they can actually place that quick order for either a refill trip at Walmart or a stock up order as well. So, and the good thing about that is we're all, we're all living busy lives. We're actually taking the kids to after school events or uh, summer camps or whatever it may be. You can actually, that opportunity to shop at home actually helps to alleviate some of that pressure, in my opinion, because again, you can actually place a quick order, maybe 15 minutes to place the order, go pick it up and take you another 15 minutes and think about the time that you've saved from having to go into the store and picking up each one of the items. Yeah, great. And speaking of behavior changes, we've all just been through, you know, personally, one of the biggest behavior changes uh, ever going through, at least in our lifetime, right? Um, going through this pandemic. Um, we, we, we like to ask what, how have you personally, what has changed in your life personally? How have you dealt with it personally? How have you kept it fun and fresh, you know, it, with your family? And now we really have to ask, how has that shifted or has it shifted since you've been coming out of this? Did, did you make new habits or what changed? Um, for me, uh, living in Northwest Arkansas, I don't have any immediate family within the area. So that back in 2020, that was pretty, it was a pretty tough year for me because I was used to seeing my family members um, 10, 20 times a year uh, with travel, just depending. I had to make an adjustment of utilizing uh, technology to connect with my si siblings and then also th with their kids. Um, the first chance I got to actually travel um, to see them, that was an immediate, I have to do in order to fulfill that personal need. Um, I never, when the pandemic happened, I actually started utilizing club pickup and store pickup with Walmart. Mm -hmm. Like so many other people, I was a little bit concerned about going into the retailer to actually pick up something. So I was one of the first users of club pickup and standing up. For me, I also had to realize that I needed to take a step back from both work and personal life in order to focus in on taking care of self-care. So anywhere i try to walk around a lake within northwest arkansas and i try to go three to four times a week and i'll walk six to eight miles around the lake it's mm. tranquil, it's peaceful but i also like to do it between 5 a.m and 7 a.m uh, when the sun is just rising because it's just the most peaceful thing for me to do and it does allow me to think about work as well i can actually i come i've come up with some great ideas just by myself walking around the lake because it's allowing me to relax and actually just have a free uh, reign of thought on out there. That's so interesting because I think we went so long at this breakneck pace mm -hmm. that I, I, we're hearing from a lot of people that they kind of rediscovered the, uh, the creativity that happens in the open spaces. You yep. know, when we got enough open space to do that. All right but you're still holding on to that and, and carrying that forward. So uh, yes, it, it's, it's one of the best things for me because it, again, it allows me to disconnect from uh, work and the stresses of just our daily lives and actually have that uh, two hour period to myself and actually focusing in on what do I want to think about for the day? I can think about the, the birds or the ducks that are in, uh, in the water. It's a huge lake or, I can start thinking about work itself. Like, what do I need to do to prioritize for that morning without actually being stressed at home, thinking, oh my God, I need to do this, this, and this. I can prioritize everything. And I take that time, that 
in the morning time to reset everything, just to make sure that I'm taking care of myself as well. What a great habit. In two, in two hours, that's a long walk. I'm impressed. For six to eight hours, it'll take me an hour and a half to two hours because there are times when I'll stop and just take pictures of whatever maybe right. as well. So, and I'll share those with my family and friends. I'm like, look at what I've seen today. Oh, oh I love that. What a great I love that. That's a great way to go. And, you know, it just, you're not rushing through it, right? You're really enjoying and you're sharing. And that's a great thing that you're doing, but that you're continuing to do. Like Jennifer said, as we are in this kind of time, not not leaving behind the habits, the good habits that we brought to our lives. Like for me, it was yoga. I started yoga every single day and I've kept with it. And it just, it's good for mind, body, soul, family, myself, and for work. So I'm so glad to hear that's a great, a great way to go. Well, what I love about this is we have a, a lawnmower we can hear that is, that is oh, taking yeah, yeah. <laughs> So we, it was, we were coming up to the end of time anyway, so that is the, the lawn's way of saying goodbye. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening today. Is it, it, This sure has been an amazing CPG scoop, I think. Well, thank you for joining us. Thank you for inspiring us to think AI, to take a longer walk, to reflect, and just do things differently. So you're a pleasure. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and more next time. Mm -hmm.